Hi, I'm Russell Zwanka, author of Public Speaking for Everyone. Here now are tips 26 through 50 of speaking tips and tidbits. Tip 26, podiums are evil. No, the podium never did anything bad except gave you shelter, a wall between yourself and those you are trying to reach. You can't reach through a wall unless you're president of a country and could use the extra protection of a podium get away from it. Get away from it now. It's a crutch. It holds notes. We're not using notes, are we? It gives you something upon which to rest your hands, like you're presiding over a high school award ceremony. Unless you had a kid winning something grand, has an award ceremony ever left you wanting it to last longer? If you can, before you speak, have them remove the podium. If not, that's okay. Just avoid it. Shake your introducer's hand and pick a spot on stage. Go to that spot. Tip 27, use a lapel microphone. Surprisingly, many places do not have any plans to use lanyard, lavalier, or clip-on microphones unless you ask for one. You are to avoid holding a microphone in one hand at all costs. It's like speaking with a hand tied behind your back. We express with both hands. We make gestures with both hands. Measure the appropriate place for the clip ahead of time, where you have maximum amplification and are hands-free. Speaking of microphone placement, make sure someone professional places it on you and lets you know how to turn it on. Better if they control it from the side, if that's possible. Do not place the microphone where you're going to be constantly either looking the wrong direction or will be hitting it with your tie or jacket or beard, if that's possible. Strange thing is, when these things happen, usually the speaker is the only one who doesn't realize it. Have a professional clip on the clip on. And now that your hands are free, use them. Use them vigorously. We communicate so much through hand gestures. It makes perfect sense to use them effectively as a tool for cementing your message. Tip 28, who is controlling the slides? If you're using the slides, and I would suggest you have at least some slides, make sure you either control the slide advances or have someone do it who is in tune with your total presentation. Nothing is worse than a speaker having to say, please go back. That is not a professionally presented speech and clearly not successfully succinct stage speaking. If you're controlling the slides, you will now have a clicker. It'll be in your hand. It better be in your hand. Do not have your speech set up so you have to go back to the laptop each time you want to advance the next slide. Either have a clicker or have a friend. By the way, check the batteries of the clicker before you begin. Tip 29, no lasers. If you do have a clicker, then you might want to familiarize yourself with the advancing buttons. Don't wait until you want to move your first slide to act like you've never seen a clicker before. Go ahead, admit it. We've all been in at least one presentation where the speaker has to say, how does this work? Ugh, don't do it. And once you're familiar with it, repeat after me, no laser pointer. Every clicker has a laser pointer, don't use it. If your slides are so convoluted you need to use a laser pointer, then clean up your slides. You're addressing the symptom, not the problem. If you don't like listening to me, I'm not sure why you're reading this book, and you go to use a laser pointer, what does everybody notice? What you're trying to point out? Nope, not at all. They're watching to see if your hands are shaking. Everyone in the room knows it can be a terrifying experience to speak in front of a crowd, and for some reason, it validates them to see the speaker's hands shaking. Tip 30. Talk, walk, talk, walk. You've picked your spot on stage. Remember that tip? And you're commanding your room. Now what? 
Use that stage wisely. Stand still as you're making your point. Move as you're shifting to another point. Moving across a stage should be effortless, smooth, and should be part of the presentation. Don't just move around for the heck of it. Move around to make points. Move around to include areas of the room that normally do not feel included. Move around to show that this is your room, your stage, your presentation. And when you want to make the best point of the day, stop. Just stop. Use that time to look around from a stationary position. No distractions. You are making your top point of the day. Pick some people out in each quadrant of the room. Pick those giving you positive, nonverbal feedback. They are the ones taking pictures of your slides, nodding positively, sitting up in their chairs, etc. We all need reinforcement once in a while. Picking those providing it makes everything run smoother. Tip 31, pauses are epic. A pause is not there because you forgot what you were trying to say. The pause is there because you want them to remember what you're saying. Pauses are impactful, so must be used sparingly and balanced. A pause gives weight and importance to the point you just made. Plan your pauses. You'll look like a genius. Go back and think of all the times a speaker is connected with you emotionally. Think of the message and how it was delivered. Was there a pause? I would bet there was some sort of change up in flow or sentence structure to get you to think. Practice pausing. This is one of those techniques that only the most skilled presenters use well. You can do this. Tip 32. Repeat, 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 repeat. Goes hand in hand with pause. When you have something impactful to say, a point that should be remembered, plan your pause. Stop during your pause and make eye contact with the audience and then repeat what you just said. Magic. Say your point. Make your pause. Establish eye contact. Repeat yourself. If you wish, you can even say, let me repeat myself. Solid gold. When you repeat your point, this time with a little more emphasis, it sticks. Look around. Make more eye contact than usual. In the annals of speaking tips, this one is right near the top. The pause and the repeat, used effectively, are pretty awesome. Give it a try. Tip 33, look them in the eye. This is your audience. They are here to listen to you. They are hopefully sitting in rapt attention. Look at them. Look at as many eyes as you can, especially when you want to make a point. When you're making a point, look at a few people. Hold the locked eyes for a few seconds. Look at some more people. Looking deeply into someone's eyes is like looking deeply into everyone's eyes. They all see what you are doing. They all see or you, you are trying to connect with them. They appreciate it. Eye contact should be embraced. You have nothing to hide. Find someone that makes you happy. Sometimes our default facial expression is neutral or a frown. Practice smiling, even as your default position. If you can find someone in the audience that makes you smile, go back to that face repeatedly. A crowd wants to see someone comfortable enough with his or herself to stand up there and smile. Tip 34, gesture. Gesture? Okay, so you're not trying to be funny the entire time. Gesture and gesture just seem to fit well together. You have no microphone in your hand. You have no podium upon which to rest your weary arms. It's just you and the audience. What are you going to do with your hands? This is a biggie. Your hands can tell your story for you. The wide open arms with the palms of the audience means you're trying to connect. That would be preferred. When you're making a point, use your hands and arms. If you're asking them something, point to them in a friendly manner. What would you do with a soft point towards the audience means you'll connect verbally and non-verbally. A non-verbal embrace of the audience is powerful, almost like one big group hug. Try it on your next audience and watch how they emanate towards you. 
people like gestures as long as you have a goal and use them to communicate effectively. Tip 35, it's what you're not saying that says so much. Hand in hand with the last tip, your nonverbals are communicating over 60% of your message. Stand with your arms wide open in front of a mirror, loosen your neck, stand up straight. Pretty much everything mom would say, it's all true. Be in command up there with both words and body language. And should we talk about what you should not do? Yeah, you have to. A good lesson in life as well as presenting, never fold your arms in front of you. Never. Never. Probably most off-putting, defensive, closed-in pose ever invented. You might think you're looking pensive and intelligent as you stand there with your arms crossed. You don't. You look like you're defending yourself, like you're just waiting for the shoe to drop. And the next one, of course, hands in your pockets. Pockets are never to be used on stage unless you're a magician. Keep the hands out. Keep them moving. Use them to communicate. Last one, especially if you're taking part in a panel discussion. The hands behind the head and or legs crossed. Pretty much anything that can be felt by your audience as defensive or obnoxious sign should be avoided. Even kids understand a line through something means no. I cannot stress any stronger the power of nonverbals. People ask questions. Acknowledge and move towards them. People clap. Hold your hands together like a thank you. People are listening intently. Move around confidently and proudly. Think of how a cat walks. Is there any doubt who rules this planet when a cat walks by? No doubt at all. We all serve the cats. Tip 36. Louder. You're in command up there. Speak like a Broadway actor. Did you ever notice that every time they speak, you hear them all the way to the back of the theater? Even sometimes without a microphone? Part of their training, they want their message to get across to every person in the auditorium. They also want to ensure all eyes are on them. How do you do that? You speak like you mean it. Your speaking volume speaks, well, volumes for your message. You want to be an expert. Then sound like an expert. If you naturally have a soft voice, that's okay. Practice projecting your voice to the back of the room. You can do it. You don't need a baritone to be successful. Just be cognizant of the necessity to project your voice. One more little tip, trying to control your voice downward while also fighting off butterflies is not going to work. Your voice will be wavy at best and downright wimpy at most. If you don't naturally have a commanding and powerful voice, then fake it till you make it. There is no way around this one. Did you hear me? Tip 37, intonation. Once you've got the domination volume down pat, then you need to be introduced to intonation or the rise and fall of your voice. Yelling or being boisterous all the time will only mean all my points are important. And if that's your message, then guess what? None of your points will be important. Just like, let me say this again, you need a way to bring people into your huddle, so to speak. And the best way to get louder, right? Wrong. Go the opposite direction. Get calmer and a bit softer. Don't whisper. Just get softer. The softest words are the ones we hear the best. Try it. And when you bring them in and now want to return to normal, bring them back out. Increase your volume. Go forward. Using voice volumes is powerfully effective. Tip 38. Thank you, thank you. You were invited into their house to help them with something. That is an honor and a privilege. In fact, tell them it's an honor and a privilege to be there. It seriously should be. A little prep before thanking the audience and hosts. Make sure you know of any dignitaries and memorize or write them down. Know of any senior members that acknowledge them. If there were sponsors specifically for your speaking event and they were not already mentioned, then mention them. You're to come across as the most gracious and thankful speaker they have ever had. You know why? 
because you really should be happy and grateful they chose you to come into their house. If you don't feel grateful for the opportunity to speak to the group, then once again, turn down the speaking engagement. In this book, we are embracing the opportunity to get our message out there. Be grateful someone cares what you have to say. Tip 39, start with a bang. That group of highly attended audience members gives you about 90 seconds to convince them they should listen. Plus, they just heard quite a few accolades from your introducers, so they have set the bar pretty high for you. Start with a bang. Start with something funny. Keep in mind the humor tips and something unique to the group or location. You've got to start strong. The group has text to answer and cats to look at on Instagram. And once you start, don't go downhill from there. Prove that listening to you is the correct choice. Remember these steps. Wake them up. Start with a bang. Tell them what you're going to cover. Cover it and tell them what you just covered. Tip 40. Where's the cred? In just a few sentences, and only if your introducer did not cover it, you need to quickly establish credibility with the audience. They probably think you're the best person to be speaking at the time, but now is the time to completely reaffirm that assertion. You can mention your career length, your companies, your number of books, some successes, etc. It's not boasting hour, but you do need to tell them that you know you belong on stage. Plus, as you speak, a few this is what we did in this situation. Additions go a long way. You're not new to this business or this topic. If you were, you wouldn't be asked to speak. Show that you belong in stage. Tip 41, dress the part. Yes, it might be a developer's conference or an engineering conference, places where a tie would be seen as an affront to the audience. But barring any major issues with ties or a really nice outfit, you should aim to be the best dressed person in the room. Why not? You're being asked to deliver a message and come across as an expert. Nothing says expert more than looking the part. As a lesson in life, how about dress each day like you're going to meet the Queen of England? Think of the British loyalty. The royalty. Look at them. Okay, we really have no idea what the various princes and princesses actually do, but we do unequivocally know they are some serious dressers. They look great. What's wrong with that? You always know who's royalty, right? Why not make it obvious who's in charge? Once again, as in life, looking good makes you feel good. I know how Mark Zuckerberg dresses. That's okay for him. You'll not be able to pull off the hoodie and jeans look for long. Zuckerberg doesn't care. Tip 42, be the expert. If you are not the expert, then what are you doing on stage? If there are certain areas you're not as well-versed as others, then get up to speed. Any hesitation when questions are being asked and it's all over. You've lost the room. You should be prepared so well you could give a class on the topic. If anyone really wanted every single data point and scenario on that topic, you could do that. At that point, you've earned the right to stand on that stage. I understand it seems like I've repeated this one a couple times. It's because I have. Being the expert is one of the most singularly important aspects of public speaking. The power could go out and your slides could spontaneously combust and you could stand up there and just keep going. That's what an expert looks like. Tip 43. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Are you speaking to random people who attended because it was a nice day out of the office? Or are you speaking to a group of experts and it's a sharing conference on the latest insights and expertise development? Clearly, the level of expertise in the room should be determined ahead of time. And your presentation should be tailored towards that level of knowledge. Come in too low and they immediately pull out the phones. Come in too high and they immediately pull out the phones. Granted, some people are going to pull out their phones either way, but you don't have to give them a reason. If you're having trouble gauging the expertise level or it's too varied for one genre of presentation, then get there early and ask around. 
see what's on their minds as you socialize. It'll tell you a ton about how much they know on your subject. Tip 44, what if the power went out? Are you prepared to give your talk even if all props, all assistance, all lighting, and everything went blank? If so, then go for it. If not, and you're depending upon crutches to help guide you to where you're going, then it is suggested you double back and learn your material. Think of teaching a class and someone asks a solid and detailed question that derails your notes for the day. Are you confident enough in your ability to just go with it? Yes, I've said it before, stand in the dark and go through your presentation. When you get to the point where you could give your presentation without notes or slides, then think about how much more powerful it'll be when you add back in the slides. Tip 45. You need a story. What is it about you that makes you interesting? I would suggest the opener be a story. We all love stories, so tell one. You started as a poor sharecropper's kid and rose to CEO. You've always been shy, but now speak in front of thousands. Make the story something personal, maybe even a bit disarming. You're not a big, full-of-yourself speaker. You're a human who wants to help. You're a person just like the audience. That's a story worth hearing. When your story is done related to the topic, you started as a bagger in a grocery store working for tips at 12 years old, then rose to run merchandising, marketing, and multiple organizations. You only worked in the industry until you could find a real job but stuck with it because you liked it. Those are real stories worth telling. They're credibility builders. Tip 46, disarm them. Show how you can relate. You used to sit there and wonder how you could ever speak to a group, and then you went to Dale Carnegie classes and loved speaking to large audiences. You are secretly introverted to a fault but can fake it in front of a group. See how these things relate to the audience? They make you seem genuine. It primes them to listen to you because, after all, you're just like them. We see politicians take off their ties and roll up their sleeves when they're campaigning. It's about connecting with a listener, looking like an everyday person works sometimes. Looking like the best-dressed person in the room also works sometimes. Know what connects. Disarming the audience primes them to connect with you. Tip 47. Emotion connects. When telling your story, tell it from the heart. And tell something that makes you choke up. You don't have to choke up every time, and you certainly should not fake it like a politician. But tell something that any emotional human being will see as deeply touching and heartfelt. Emotion primes the pump to enjoying what you're about to hear. Remember, you want to be remembered, remember? When they leave, you've touched them in their heart. That's a great speech. In advertising, we hear the piano and note that something emotional is on its way. That's how I want you to deliver your message. Picture yourself taking, talking one-to-one to your best friend. That type of genuine speaking is the gold standard. All the best use emotion in their delivery. Tip 48, call an audible. The audience is not always going to be primed to listen. It might be right after lunch. The last speaker might have bored them to tears. The overall event might be winding down. Whatever it is, the audience may not always respond the way you'd like them to respond. It's perfectly fine. You are ready for this. Have some way to shift gears, to vector in another direction. Whether it's simply changing the subject or having a funny story to get them back in your page, have it in your back pocket. There will be times when the audience is dead and needs motivation. It's like a Friday morning 8 a.m. class in college. It takes a special professor to teach Friday mornings at 8 a.m. Diverting from your plan based upon your observations is perfectly fine. We've all sat there as someone droned on while the entire crowd has mentally left the building. Don't be that person. You're already looking at the audience. Work to understand their level of engagement and go with it. You'll be glad you did. Tip 49, be compelled to action. 
You're there to help. Similar to the point in saying when to take notes, be specific about action steps and immediate things people in their audience can do right now to improve their business. Being action-oriented is a good lesson in life as well. Theory is great, but unless you can apply that theory, you're useless to the audience. Understand they need to go back to work and show that attending the conference was worth time away from the desk. Give them something to work with. And tip 50, you, you, you. You are talking to the audience. Make it about them. You can take these steps away and implement. You can address this situation tomorrow morning, etc. It's about them. Not about your expertise and how the speaker acts. It's about how you want the audience to act. Similar to hearing your own name, hearing how they can incorporate what you are saying is magical and golden to any audience member. Think of the audience first. I hope you have enjoyed these top 50 tips on how to speak in public. And if you're interested, my book is available on Amazon in 25 countries.